0: When you or someone you know is living with a mental health issue that's complex or isn't resolving, you'd like to think you could be referred to a psychiatrist if that's what you need. Well, last week on The Health Report, GPs from both sides of the continent were complaining that it's very difficult, or becoming very difficult, to find psychiatrists for general practice patients, and that's with potentially major consequences. This week, as promised, a response from the Royal Australian and New Zealand College of Psychiatrists, whose New South Wales chair is Dr Angelo Vergona. Thanks, Norman. So what's your response then?
1: It's probably best seen as a perfect storm of things, I think, Norman. I think we've had an enormous increase in demand and seen most acutely in our emergency departments, but also in referrals to psychiatry and psychology.
0: Demand now, in what? That- I mean, is it depression, anxiety, psychosis? What's the demand increase
1: it is everything. I don't think there's been a particular increase in psychosis, but there's been demand in anxiety, depression, eating disorders, trauma-related disorders. There's an increased awareness in the community about mental health, particularly as a result of COVID, because everybody was talking about mental health all the time. And people suffered a lot during that period and have probably brought to the surface many issues that have been people have been labouring with for a long time, but thought that they should now seek help. We've also seen an increase in demand for things like ADHD, which has gotten quite a push along in TikTok and other sort of social media forums. And so there's been a lot of pressure coming to private psychiatry and psychology in particular for assessments for those conditions. In addition to that, we've also seen chronic underfunding in our public mental health sector so that our community mental health services for some time have had very limited capacity to provide assessment services. I mean, I remember times when we would accept referrals in community mental health centres from GPs and do assessments on patients and provide feedback and short-term care, but that sort of thing doesn't seem to happen anymore because their focus has become extremely limited. I'm looking after the most severely chronically mentally ill people and doing very short-term follow-up of people in crisis.
0: I'll come back to some of that in a moment, but if you look at the number of psychiatrists per 100,000 of the population in Australia, we're we're right bang in the middle of the OECD average. But they're in more affluent suburbs, they're in metropolitan areas, and the further you go out from our cities, that number just drops dramatically. But here are GPs in the metropolitan areas saying they can't get access to psychiatrists. Are psychiatrists doing the wrong work? Because this has been a problem forever, that psychiatrists go into private practice, they go into the wealthier suburbs, and they see people, arguably, with milder mental health issues. So their lists get clogged with people with milder mental health issues, which could be looked after by GPs, and they're not seeing the severe end of the issue. And now you've got ADHD, where reputedly psychiatrists are charging a lot of money for sitting at home doing telehealth consultations. Are psychiatrists doing the wrong kind of work?
1: Well, I think the, the word you used was arguably, and I think part of the problem here is that we've got really, really poor data on what it is that psychiatrists are doing in private practice. Now, I know anecdotally from people I work with out here in Campbelltown and in the Illawarra that we're seeing people with the most severe and complex psychiatric disorders in private practice, there aren't any easy to treat disorders that we're seeing. And I think before we cast aspersions on psychiatrists and and saying that, well, they're limiting their practices to these sorts of milder disorders, I think we've got to get some real data. Now, I agree we've had the maldistribution of psychiatric and psychological resources for a long, long time, but telehealth has helped in that regard somewhat. I mean, people in the bush have been able to access psychiatry in a way that they weren't able to previously, but I think the maldistribution is a serious and ongoing problem.
0: So what are the solutions here? I mean, one proposal has been, do you really need five years to train a psychiatrist? Why don't you move it to three years?
1: That's a big debate. Before we sort of go down that path, I think we've got to actually look at funding a suitable number of places in the first place.
0: You need the training present- places?
1: Training places. We've got the, the state governments are essentially responsible for training psychiatrists in their public hospitals and community health centres. The federal government has participated by providing some funding to place people in private hospital settings and in rural locations, but it's very limited. It's a spit in the bucket, really, for what's really required. I also am advocating that we get trainees working much more in the private practice sector. If you're training to be a GP, you're training in the general practice. If you're training to be a private psychiatrist, which most psychiatrists will end up doing, why are they only get training in the public hospital sector? And we could push more people through the training process. Cutting it down to three years or four years, that's quite a dramatic thing to do. I know that they're doing this with child psychiatry in Washington State in the US, but we have to sort of wait and see what the outcomes are going to be. So that's it? I think GPs are under the pump. The psychiatrists are under the pump. The whole system is in a state of crisis and it's been broken for such a long period of time. And I don't think there are any easy fixes and there's not one thing that's going to make a huge difference. We've got to get the data right. We've also got to increase the training places for psychiatry and psychology. We also need a more robust public sector. We need the state governments, like they have done in Victoria and Queensland more recently, to really invest in their mental health services so that there's greater capacity in the mental health community teams particularly to be able to look after people with chronic and severe mental disorders, not only psychotic illness. We also need sort of better arrangements so that psychiatrists and GPs can collaborate with each other much more effectively. The thing you were referring to earlier is the item 291 which is a single psychiatric assessment with a detailed management plan that goes back to the GP. Now that's fine but we need much more than that and I think the GPs are requesting much more ongoing contact with psychiatry.
0: In Ontario they have psychiatrists practicing out in general practice beside the general practitioners. Could you foresee a situation like that occurring here? Would psychiatrists be willing to leave their rooms and go and practice alongside GPs?
1: That has happened already. I mean, the federal government, through the primary health networks, has put funding into these PHNs to try to sort of cover some of the gaps. And so they're targeted people with specific diagnoses or coming from cultural backgrounds, disadvantaged groups. And part of that was to increase people's access to psychiatry. And some of the PHNs actually placed psychiatrists in general practice settings. Anecdotally, that seems to have worked well at times, but it's very much a patchwork thing. And we haven't seen very good data to suggest that this is something that would be effective on a broader scale.
0: Angelo, thanks for joining us.
1: Good on you, Norman. Thank you.
0: Dr. Angelo Vragona is chair of the New South Wales branch of the Royal Australian and New Zealand College of Psychiatrists